0: Chapter 33 – Discovered Things were wrong. Things were horribly, horribly wrong. Marco was running through rift after rift, Mari on his back and Meteora in his arms, trying to think of how this had all happened. It wasn't until he had gone through one rift too many that he collapsed, his mind recalling the day's events. Hey, Star, what are you doing? Oh, Marco. Darn it, I was hoping to keep this as a surprise. Keep what as a surprise? Well, no use hiding it now. Tada! She stepped to the side waving hands at a basket that was filled with food and drink. Were you making a picnic lunch? Yep. It's just, you've been so awesome, putting up with baby care, and constantly moving around, and all this muni-drama, and me that I thought it'd be nice to take a little date. Star, you know I don't mind dealing with any of those things. Especially you. I never have to deal with you." Yeah, I know. Still, I wanted to do something nice. And since we enjoyed that last picnic so much, I figured we could go on another one. What about the kids? Already have bottles, diapers, and toys loaded up. Heh, all right. Let's get their carriers and go then." The teens were sitting on a bench, watching as Mari crawled around a bit on the blanket that had been spread out, meteora running laps around her. You sure giving her lemonade was a good idea? Eh, a little sugar never hurt anyone. I believe most dentists would disagree. What's a dentist? Earth torture experts. Oh. The two of them were leaning against each other, switching between looking at the children, the clouds, and each other. He felt Stark give a shiver. Cold? P.S.H. Nah. It's bracing. Aha. Marco unzipped his hoodie, settling it around her shoulders. Better? Mmm, cozy. A few more minutes passed. Meteora found a particularly interesting butterfly. This is nice. We should do this when we get back to Muni. What was the last your mom had to say? The commission hasn't come up with any leads. Apparently Eclipsa tried acting as bait for a trap, but nobody attacked. Papa's scouts are coming up empty. Do you think Mina made a run for it? No clue. She's one of the greatest warriors since Queen Salaria, so it's hard to believe she'd just give up. I knew you believed in me, mud sister." Both teens were startled, jumping from their seats and spinning around to come face to face with the fugitive. Mina had looked worse physically, but it was clear her mental state had only deteriorated with time. Her gaze was constantly darting around, never focusing on a single point. I thought I'd find you around here. I remembered when I came here and tried to take over. Stupid ungrateful peasants. Star squared her shoulders. Mina, what are you doing here? Funny thing is that. On the day of my liberation, I scoured out the castle, looking for that heinous brat. Lo and behold, She's nowhere to be found. And neither are you." Star and Marco started to slowly back up, getting closer to the children. So I had my loyal soldiers scour the countryside. The forests. The lakes and bogs. Nothing. You were nowhere on Nuni. Star tried to subtly place a hand on Marco's back, conjuring a baby carrier. Now, the problem is, it's a big multiverse. Where could you have possibly gone? Surely there was somewhere you would have gone to hide that brat and keep her safe. The underworld? You wouldn't be that crazy. The cloud kingdom? I doubt it would be hospitable long term. Slowly, Star picked up Mari, putting her into the carrier and fastening her in place. Then I remembered here this tiny, insignificant mudball amongst the cosmos. You spent so long here, surely you'd return. After all, it's home away from home." Star moved to hide Meteora behind her. What do you want? Mina looked at Star as if she had grown a second head. What do I want? Ha! That's obvious, isn't it? I want you to be a princess again. Queen Moon and King River back in control, so things can be right again. And that all starts by killing that brat behind you. So give her here." Mina extended out a hand. Star leaned into Marco, whispering, "'Grab Meteora and go. Just take your scissors and start running. What about you? I'm not leaving you behind." Meteora and Mari are defenseless, we can't fight with them around. Don't worry, we'll find each other again." Mina seemed to lose patience, as she suddenly transformed into her muscles, rushing them. In a flash, Star stood in her armor, a protective bubble around her, halting Mina's charge. Marco, go! Go! Turning, he scooped up Meteora, wildly slashing at the air with his scissors, heartbreaking as he did. He didn't know how long he kept going or how many places he had been. He recognized some as he passed through St. Olga's, the Amethyst Arcade, Quest By, others he didn't stay in long enough to actually care. Every time, he had to fight the urge to turn around and go back. To help the one he loved. He was a squire of Muni, his loyalty was to protect the princess. But he was Star's boyfriend, and his true love and loyalty was to her. Soon enough, he felt his legs grow tired and his energy fading. With a last feeble swipe, he opened a rift, stumbled through, and collapsed. His last thought before darkness overtook him was of her. Star. Chapter 34, Fears Realized. Marco started to regain consciousness, realizing he was laying in something soft. Then he remembered what had happened. He bolted upright when he did. Star. Looking around, he took in his surroundings. He knew where he was immediately. Star's Tower. Back in Muni. Throwing off the covers, he saw his clothing folded to the side. Taking off the pajamas he had been wearing, who had changed him, he dressed quickly, darting out of the room. Coming to Eclipse's study, he barged in, startling those gathered. There were quite a few. Eclipse and Glogger were there, the queen holding her daughter. Moon and River sat nearby, clearly comforting each other. The members of the commission were also present, And even Glosserick was there. Most surprising were Marco's parents, who were holding Mariposa. Raphael and Angie immediately rushed to their son. Oh, Mijo, thank God you're okay. Are you hurt? We were so worried. What happened to you? I believe we'd all like the answer to that last one. Eclipsa spoke up, trying to look serious, but clearly concerned as well. So Marco told them. About the picnic date. Mina's arrival. Stars defending them. His retreat. And that's when I passed out. Where was I, anyway? Hekapu stepped forward. The monster temple. You left one heck of a trail through the multiverse. It was a pain to track you down and close all of those rifts. You were able to track me? Wait, where's Star? Moon stood up. Captured. By Mina. Why would Mina kidnap Star? Prisoner exchange. She gave an ultimatum. Mina would release Star if we surrender Meteora. In three days. We need to rescue her. Right now. River hopped to his feet. Why do you think we're all here? But we've had no luck finding them. Their headquarters continues to elude us." Raphael felt the need to step forward. There is no reason to yell at my son. He was the last one to see my daughter. So you think this is his fault? The room descended into chaos, shouting and bickering back and forth, people trying to place blame on one another. Marco just wanted all of the fighting between them to stop. He just wanted to find Star. He felt a hand on his shoulder. Looking, he saw his mom holding Mari. Come on, let's take you home. He took a step back from her. Why? This is my fault, I have to find her. Marco, you are sixteen years old, this is too dangerous you get it? For me, Star is my home. And I'm going to find her. Turning, he ran back out of the study, hearing his mom calling after him. Evening was setting, sun dropping below the horizon. Marco was in the rose garden, absently watching the petals flutter in the wind. He heard someone settle down beside him on the stone bench. He glanced to see Eclipsa sitting there. You know, I often came here myself when I needed a moment of peace. Most people don't bother with it. I'm going after Star. And I expect you to. Because I'm a squire? Because you're in love." He looked at her, but she merely arched an eyebrow. Don't act surprised, why do you think they had myself and Globger frozen in crystal? Shastakan and the commission knew that only imprisonment or death would keep us from being together and finding our daughter. She looked back towards the roses. There is nothing more dangerous than someone in love fighting for their loved ones and family. Marco thought back to Hungry Larry and his own dad. Moon and River fighting for Star. Star sacrificing the wand for him. Do you have any leads on where she may be? Eclipsa shook her head. While you were asleep, we contacted the underworld, but their hellhounds led nowhere. Apparently Mina used holy water to counter them. And wherever she is has a Tramorphidian crystal, since Hekapu has had no luck either. Eclipsa stood, dusting off her skirt. I advise you to get some rest. Using the scissors as much as you did takes a toll. Sleep. We'll plan tomorrow. My parents? We've given them lodging in the castle. Though, if I may provide some unsolicited advice? Talk to them. They're only trying to do their best for their child. And with that, she went on her way. Marco went back to the tower, settling back into the bed. Tomorrow, he will talk to his parents. Explain the situation. Tonight, he just needed to be alone. Pulling the sheets up, he breathed in, capturing Star's scent. Sleep didn't come easily. Chapter 35 Walking Nightmare Hey! Let me out of here. Let me out so I can kick your butts. Star rattled the bars of her cell, trying to make as much of a ruckus as she could. Taking a break, she rubbed it where the manacles were on her wrists. Stupid anti-magic cuffs. Where did Mina even find anti-magic supplies? Sigh, probably quest by. She paced in her cell for the hundredth time that hour, pushing hair out of her face. She can't believe Mina had gotten the better of her. And worse, the warrior had recognized all of Star's equipment, so it had been confiscated on her arrival. She pulled the hoodie tighter around herself. Well, at least I still have you. Sitting back on the cot, she pulled the tray of food closer to herself, looking at the hunk of bread and glass of water. Oh, I miss you triangle food. She leaned back resting her head on the rough hewn stone, closing her eyes. Her cheek marks started to glow without her noticing. Marco. I hope you're okay. Star. Marco bolted awake, grasping at the air before him. Sitting up, he rubbed at his forehead. Was that a dream? But I've never been there before, how could I dream of it? Getting up, he went about making himself ready for the day. As he walked down the hall, he asked a servant where the earth visitors could be found. Coming to their room, he gave a knock, stepping inside. His parents were both sitting on the bed, caring for Mari. Hey, Mom, hey, Dad. They sat there, looking expectantly. Look, I'm sorry for running out yesterday. And I'm sorry for putting Mari in danger. I never would risk her on purpose. His mom stood up, handing his little sister to his dad. It's okay, sweetie. We know you're just worried for Star. I can't go home with you. We know that, too. Your father and I talked about it last night. We know that there's nothing that could stop you from finding Star. We just worry. I can't promise that I'll be safe. We know that, too. We de can be reckless and bullheaded when it comes to family she gave him a kiss on the forehead. Just make sure you both come home, okay?" He gave her a tight hug. Of course. It was around mid-morning when Marco had managed to find Eclipsa. The monarch had Meteora with them, the pair looking through the castle library. Ah, good morning Marco. See your parents? Yes. Thank you for the advice think nothing of it. Now, what can I do for you this morning? Actually, I was hoping you'd know where Glosserick is. Over here, Earth Boy." Marco turned to see the book spirit floating upside down in the air, a series of books opened in front of him. Well? I'm busy catching up on the latest series of romance novels from Glenn Leopoldo, and they're just getting good. Marco walked over, pulling up a seat. Look, do you know anything about special dreams? I think you might need a therapist, not an ancient spirit of knowledge and magic. Ugh, I don't need therapy. You sure? Look, last night I had a dream about Star. Careful, there are young ears present. Not that kind of dream. I saw her in a prison cell, I think it's where she's being held." Eclipsa came over when she heard the last part. Well, Glossy? Would such a thing be possible? Of course it could be, though it only happens every few centuries. What are you talking about? The blood moon, of course. Marco and Star have been bonded to the soul. Eclipsa looked surprisedly at Marco, while the teen looked at Glosseric. What are you talking about? That ball? I thought it was just superstition. Glosserik just looked annoyed. Really, kid? You own a pair of scissors that cut pathways between dimensions, ride a dragon cycle, and are dating a girl who can shoot magic from her hands. Have a little faith when I tell you your souls are bonded together. Glosserick looked back at his books, pages flipping. After all, aren't you curious why her magic works differently around you?" Marco thought about it, remembering the times he had encountered her magic. There was that time with her tracking spell, which she claimed only she could see, but he could see fine. Then there was that time he had used the all-seeing eye spell, and had found Star almost instantly, despite having no clue where she was. Glosseric seemed to pick up on his revelation. Ya see? Not such a crazy idea. Now leave me alone, things are getting spicy with Marjorie." With that, the book spirit kept turning pages. Eclipsa ushered Marco over to the side. Well, it looks like you just became our best lead. Yeah, but how? It was only one dream. I believe I may have an idea. Marco was sitting back in Star's bed at the tower, Eclipsa standing to one side and Moon to the other. So, what am I doing again? Moon spoke up. We just need you to go to sleep. When you dream, I'll use a spell to allow us to see your dream. And then I'll cast the All-Seeing Eye. If we're lucky, Mina will have locked down Star's magic, but not magic for the entire stronghold. The eye will allow us to not only find Star, but hopefully communicate with her. Eclipsa provided. Moon held out a small vial. Here Marco. We had the royal physician concoct this. It's a simple sleeping draft, nothing dangerous. Marco took it, sniffing at it. It smelled vile. Ugh. Well, bottoms up. Downing the liquid, it tasted worse than it smelled, Marco reclined in bed, closing his eyes. Quickly, he found himself falling asleep. Star, I'm not going anywhere if you don't want me to. I'm your squire, sworn to your service. More importantly, I'm your friend. I'll be here for you no matter what. She quietly lifted a hand, pinky finger sticking out. Pinky promise? He wrapped her pinky on his own. Pinky promise. She looked at him bashfully. More beautiful than all the stars in the sky? He cupped his cheek with his hand. More beautiful than any other star in any other sky. That got a definite smile from her. She leaned in again, sharing another kiss. You're a dork but you're my dork now. Marco pushed them towards the cash registers, going at a decent speed. Star was standing in the cart, fully outfitted with her purchases, holding her sword before her. To victory my squire. Hey, any of you people know how to make triangle food? Stale bread sucks. Star gave the bars a few more food rattles before stopping again. Arg why don't you just fall off your hinges already? Star? Can you hear me?" Her head whipped around, trying to spot the disturbance. She whispered in reply. Marco? Marco, where are you? Holy cow, it worked. Uh, I'm kinda dreaming right now. Oh, okay, that sounds nice, can you dream me out of here? Uh, I don't think it works that way. Look, moon and eclipsa should be getting through soon, but the important bit is, we're getting a plan to get you out of there. Oh thank magic, I'm getting so bored. You better have a plate of nachos ready when this is all over. Star, are you there? In his dream vision, Marco could see a window of energy form in midair. The moon and eclipsa were looking through it. Mom. Great, get me out of here. Star, we can't, they have a Trumorphidian crystal on the grounds. Do you know where you are? Uh, some kind of cave system? It kinda looks like those crystal mines the fairy uses with their slave labor. Any other details? H.M., they took me through a forest area first, looked like it was in fall, all the leaves were red and orange. Eclipsa snapped her fingers. Ah. I think I know the place. The forest of the autumnal fae. I'm surprised Mina managed to form a base there. Moon turned to her daughter. Star, we're coming to get you soon, just hold on for a bit longer. All right, fine, but please hurry. Mina keeps giving me crazy looks, and the food is awful." The energy window disappeared, leaving Star alone. She looked around in the space. Marco, still there? I'm here Star. I can't wait to say this in person, but I love you. Love you too Star. As he said the words, he felt his consciousness begin to drift. Star, don't forget what Jana taught Dash. He awoke back in the bed, Moon having just poured another vial into his throat. He slowly sat up. Ugh. Antidote? Exactly. Standing, she placed the vial to the side. Well, we have a location. I suggest we assemble the royal guard and make a plan to assault their headquarters. That's a bad idea. Marco received looks from both Moon and Eclipsa. If we do a full attack, Mina might take action against Star, and who knows how many people might get killed in the process. Moon crossed her arms at him. Then what do you suggest? Send me. Just me. I can get in, free Star, and get out, without Mina being the wiser. Eclipsa rubbed at her chin. H.M. A bold plan, though I must say I'm tempted. She looked between Moon and Marco tell you what, let's make a few tweaks to it and try it out. Chapter 36 Jailbreak All right, so do you have a picture in your mind of where you need to go? Yeah, but are you sure this will work? I thought that Crystal would keep me out. Moon fidgeted a bit to the side. We're hoping that your connection to Star would help you pierce through the crystal's interference. After all, it's only thanks to you that we have this much of a lead at all. Eclipsa patting Marco's shoulder. So, remember the plan? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Taking a calming breath, he pulled out his dimensional scissors, trying to take a simple swipe at the air. The scissors sparked, but didn't cut a rift. Frowning, he took the scissors in both hands and stabbed at the air. For the first time, cutting a rift took effort. He strained to hold onto the scissors as he pulled down on them, the portal not wanting to appear. By the time he had opened a rift to his knees, his arms were shaking. So, instead of pulling the scissors away, He tumbled headfirst into the portal, snapping shut behind him. Looking around, he saw that it was exactly as Star had described. Night had fallen, but the crimson leaves were easily distinguished. Crouching down, he slinked between trees, hoping he came close to Mina's camp. After a few minutes, he saw the headquarters. Or, its entrance, he guessed. A couple of guards in ramshackle armor stood outside the mouth of a cave, itself lit with some torches. Hey Fred? HNH? Do you think we'll get to go home soon? HN. It's just, I miss my family. Mina said things would get better, but half the time, she's just talking to a wall. HM. And then she kidnapped the princess. I like the princess. She helped me rebuild my house. Why'd she need to get kidnapped? H.N. Ah, I see. Thanks for that, Fred. You always know what to say." At that, Fred started to walk away. Oh, you going on patrol? I'll stay here, keep the entrance safe. Fred started to make his way towards Marco who quickly ducked out of sight. I think I have my way in. For a few minutes, Marco stalked behind Fred as quietly as he could. When he thought they were a safe distance away, he rushed behind the guard, locking him into a sleeper hold. The guard immediately started to struggle. Sorry about this. A few seconds later, Fred's struggling ceased. Touching at his neck, Marco felt a pulse. Thanks for the lesson sensei. Hurriedly, he stripped the rebel of his armor, Marco dressing himself in it. It smelled, was ill-fitting, and snagged in places, but the helmet adequately covered his face. Marco hoped this disguise, the poor lighting, and Fred's general lack of vocabulary would get him inside. Returning where he came from, he tried to steadily walk into the cave. The other guard perked up at his appearance. Oi, anything good on patrol? H.N. Nothing, eh? Good to hear. Marco went past the guard, into the cave. Getting something to eat? Bring me back some corn, eh? H.M. Thanks, Fred. That went surprisingly well. Marco went further into the cave. Following the curves of the tunnels, okay, two priorities. Find Star and find that crystal. Following the sound of chatter, he took a turn to see a cavern that had been made into something of a mess hall. Walking up to who he supposed was the cook, he knocked on the table. Uh, boy, I'm here to get some grub for the, uh, prisoner. The man stirring at a pot looked him up and down. Another new recruit, eh? What's your name? Me? Uh, March. Tin. Martin. My name is Martin. All right, settle down. Cripes, I only asked for a name. The man bent down, fishing out a flagon and a dented tin plate. He put a chunk of bread onto the plate and scooped water into the flagon from a nearby barrel. Here, for a royal majesty. H.N. Marco took the offered items, heading back out. As he was turning down the corridor, the cook shouted after him. New guy! Oh no! Turning hesitantly, he looked at the cook, who eyed him curiously. Didn't they tell ya? Dungeons are down the left hallway, third cavern on the right. He gave a shaky thumbs up, following the directions he was given. As Marco descended farther into the system of caves he passed a number of different rooms that were in use. An armory. Bunk room. Latrines, uh, bad smells. He could swear he heard Mina's voice from one that had a curtain drawn across it, so he kept going faster. Eventually, he made his way to where the dungeons were. Apparently, the rebels weren't too concerned about the state of their prisoner, since no one was posted outside. Making his way in, he saw a number of cells, all empty. Coming to the last one, he saw that even though it was empty, the door was open. Wait, where's Star? Do they have more than one done thump? Marco suddenly felt something tighten around his throat, causing him to drop the plate and flagon to the ground with a clatter. All right, I'm sick and tired of that junk. First you're going to tell me where to get some real food, and then where your boss is, get it. Star, it's me. Marco gasped out. Huh? She loosened the chains around his neck a bit, taking a gasp of air. Star, it's me Marco." The pressure around his neck disappeared, letting him take a breath before it was crushed out of them by a hug. Marco. Oh, I missed you. Is Meteora okay? Is Mari okay? Are you okay? Can't breathe. Huh? Oh, right. She set him down, letting him breathe again. Taking off his helmet, he turned to look at her. She seemed frazzled and a bit dirty, but otherwise unharmed. Star, are you all right? Did any of them hurt you? I'm fine, Mina just took my equipment. Just bloody sick of this prison food. But you? The babies? I'm fine, both kids are fine too. Though all the adults are worried sick. How'd you get free?" Star smirked, holding up a bobby pin. No one here thought to take these out of my hair. You're right, Jana is one heck of a teacher. Heh, awesome. Anything else that would be said was cut off by Star diving in for a kiss. The two held it for a few moments before breaking for air. What was that for? You're just being brave. And coming here. So, do you have any idea what to do now? We need to find this place's Tramorphidian crystal and destroy it. Once we do that, we can get out of here. Any idea where it is? Mina has what she's called a war room, it's probably there, along with all my stuff. I think I know where it is, I heard her on my way in. So, you think we storm her and bust stuff up? I was thinking something a bit more subtle. How are you dressed?" Marco rushed back to the mess hall, now filled for dinner. The princess has escaped. After a moment's hesitation, the room burst with activity, everyone seeming to rush for the dungeons. He followed for a bit, seeing one of the rebels duck into where he expected Mina was. Shortly after, the soldier came out with a now monstrously large Mina barreling out as well. Marco stopped following then, stopping outside the war room next to a couple barrels. I think they're gone. The barrels shimmered a bit, before fading away, revealing Star. Huh. Nice acting Diaz. I just had to act panicked. Plenty of practice at that. Heh, funny. Now, come on. The two darted into the room, surveying the space. A table in the center had a number of papers and documents. A set of shelves to the side had a wide assortment of equipment, while a bunk on the opposite wall had a glowing crystal at its foot. There it is. They exclaimed in unison. Marco walked over, kneeling beside it. So, how do we get rid of it? Star looked around, dashing to the shelves before coming back to the crystal, affixing her headband and bracers back in place. I've got this. She balled her hands together above her head. Epic dynamite hammer. Swinging her fists down, a large mallet of prismatic light was formed, smashing right into the crystal. In a flash of light, the crystal was destroyed, both teens thrown back from the force of its destruction. Oh. Star, you okay? Yeah. Breaking stuff can be fun. Marco noticed a clamor of voices starting to come their direction. Star seemed to notice them too. Uh, Marco, scissors time, need to scream. Right, come on. The two of them stood, Marco pulling out his scissors. Swiping, a rift formed. He turned to Star. Talk to Moon and Eclipsa, they'll share the plan. Wait, what? She didn't get the chance to ask more, as Marco pushed her through, closing it behind her. Well, that's the easy part. Chapter 37 Playing Chicken. Marco held up his watch, pressing a button on it. Seeing the timer countdown, he went back to the table grabbing every loose document he could and stuffing them into his pockets, before going back down the corridor. Looking, he saw every rebel soldier rushing his way, seeming in a panic to find Star. Whipping off his helmet, he shouted down the hall. Hey Mina, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. brat. I will break you judging by the shouting and how the cave felt like it was now suffering an earthquake marco figured she'd heard him he quickly oriented himself towards the exit running as fast as his legs allowed soon enough he made his way outside oh hey fred you bring me that cob o dash the cave opening seems to almost explode outwards with a rumble, Mina landed on the ground, looking about wildly like she was less a magically infused warrior and more a rabid animal. Where are you? How dare you interfere? You have no idea what I'm trying to do. Marco went a bit farther, hiding behind a tree. Trying to kill a child and her parents while kidnapping former royalty. Did I miss anything? Rar Oh nuts! Marco ducked, and just in time. The tree splintered as Mina barreled through it, just above his huddled form. He quickly ran to find new cover. Insignificant bug. I wish to bring peace and prosperity back to the Queendom. The rightful rulers on the throne. Yeha, and all of that wonderful racism will just come back too. Great plan. Arg! He ducked again, another tree shattered to the ground. Sorry tree. This time he went and hid behind an adequate-looking boulder. It's not racism if they're not people. Monsters parading up and down the street, harassing our citizens. And that abomination as our heir? Impossible. That abomination is a one-year-old child one who had been torn from her family for literal centuries, and you want to do it again? RRR. Marco ran from his cover, only for the boulder to be reduced to pebbles. Looking over his shoulder, he saw Mina searching wildly for him. He went to duck behind another tree. Beep, beep, beep. He looked down at his watch. Thank God, Mina's starting to put lumberjacks to shame. Marco took his scissors and made another rift while still behind the tree. He shouted out from his spot. So, is all of this because you're worried about being proven you're wrong in your hatred? I am not wrong. This time, he was taken by surprise. Mina's hand burst through the tree, grabbing him around the chest and beginning to crush him. Pain, an indescribable pain, coursed through him, breathing cut off he swore he could feel his ribs cracking. However, he could feel as her momentum pushed the two of them through the rift. After they passed through, he felt Mina drop him onto the ground in surprise. Where did you send U.S.? What is this place? Marco looked at himself, observing the large circular room and its domed ceiling. Standing equidistant from each other was Star, Eclipsa, and Moon, Eclipsa with the wand pointed forward, the other two with an outstretched hand. The butterfly women began a chant. All, may those who use magic for evil, be bound in this place. Chains of ethereal energy sprouted from thin air, binding and restricting Mina. The warrior cried out in protest. Release me! Eclipse, you stand in judgment of the abuse of your position. Moon, your failure weighs heavy on all those you touch. Star, the blood of the guilty and innocent has stained your hands. Eclipse, the night will not enshroud you. Moon, the twilight will not carry you. Star, the day shall rightly judge you. All, magic will no longer embrace you. So we speak it, so shall it be mote. As they chanted, each of their cheek marks had begun to glow, revealing the power they had been gathering. Marco's own cheeks began to glow with a pair of crescent moons, not that he noticed. "'All, we find you guilty. The punishment will be swift and just. Your magic is surrendered.' Energy shot from the three butterflies, consuming Mina in its glow. W. H. What is this? What are you doing to me?" Her cries continued, and Marco could see her silhouette within the enshrouding magic. Her size began to shrink, losing much of its burliness. When the energy finally ceased, Mina stood in the center of the room, back to her normal form. Ha, ha, is that all? Well, I have something for you, Queen of Darkness. Mina balled a hand into a fist, but nothing happened. What? What's going on? What did you do to me? Marco tried to let out a chuckle, but it only reminded him of the injuries he sustained. Oh. That's not fair. Laughing shouldn't hurt. He grimaced as he sucked in a breath. He heard steps hurry over to him, and then a hand on his head. Marco. No 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 no. What did she do to you? Marco, please be okay. Star, back away, I need to look at him. Please Mom, hurry. Marco, stay with us." He tried to hold on to consciousness, he really did. But the blackness overtook him, and everything faded away. Chapter 38 Recovery and Reprimands Star, can I please get up? I swear, I'm fine. Marco Baldo Diaz, you are not leaving that bed until I say so. Sigh, yes nurse Star. She swatted his arm. Patient abuse. Oh hush. He smiled while rubbing at his arm. It had been a few days since Star's rescue and Mina's resulting capture. Things had been a bit of a whirlwind since then. Marco's injuries, three cracked ribs, a bruised lung, and a mild concussion, had all been treated with Moon's magic, though he had been told to stay in bed in case any damage lingered. Hence, Star's care. Still, being kept in bed hadn't stopped him from being of use to the others. Thank you again for healing me, uh, Your Highness? Moon gave a gentle smile. Please, Marco, no need for any titles. Besides, I'm no longer queen. Oh, uh, okay. Um, you guys know where my hoodie is? The one I was wearing when Mina was caught? Star got up from her chair and walked off to the side, where she picked up the mentioned garment. In the pocket is a bunch of documents I grabbed from the rebel camp. I don't know if they'd actually be useful or not, though." Moon took the hoodie, pulling out the pieces of paper and parchment. Looking, her brow furrowed. Future plans, lists of agents, this might give us a lead on their people. Thank you for this, Marco Star. I'm going to speak with Eclipsa. Okay, Mom. I'm going to stay here for a bit. Star hadn't talked to him since the ritual. Heck, she hadn't even looked at him. Marco was starting to worry. Why did you have to do that? Marco looked at his girlfriend. She wasn't looking at him, her features in a frown. Do what? She glared at him. Use yourself as bait. Put your life at risk to save me, again. I thought I told you. I don't want a hero. I just want a friend. Boyfriend, in your case. And I told you, I love all of our adventures together, but I love keeping you safe more. And if you plan on keeping me around, that's not going to change. Your safety will be my priority, every time. But I'm more concerned with keeping you safe. Arg, why is this so difficult to say? The two of them pointedly made an effort to look anywhere but each other." Marco sighed. "'How about we each try to do our best to look after each other?' "'Fine. And no more pushing me to safety. I'm getting really tired of you doing that and not telling me the plan." "'Deal.' She closed the distance and gave him a hug, which he earnestly returned. Separating so she could sit on the bed, he gave her a look. So, I know I was told that they needed you for that magic ritual, but what was it? Apparently it's an old spell Eclipsa had come across back during her own childhood. It strips a person of all their magic, which for someone like Mina, is quite a blow. Why hasn't anyone ever used it before? Feel like a spell that powerful would be more common. It takes a long time to use, and needs the magical power of at least three butterfly magic users. There have never been enough of us who were strong enough at one time to use it. In a way, Eclipse didn't even know it would work. So I made myself bait for a plan that could have completely failed. Great. And this is why you'll be telling me the details of plans in the future, right? Sigh, yes good squire." He pouted. She kissed him on the cheek. The pouting stopped. Mina had swiftly been put on trial for her crimes against the Queendom. It had been a public affair, so no one could claim she was made into a martyr. Mina didn't help herself in the proceedings, as she had basically raved like a lunatic, the last vestiges of her sanity gone. Eclipsa had charged her with treason, sedition, abduction of a member of the royal family, assault on servants of the realm, and attempted regicide. For the crimes, she was charged with life imprisonment, though not to be carried out in Muni. Instead, because she had basically been squatting in the Autumn Phase backyard, she was sent to their realm, where they'd administer the punishment. Marco made a mental note to never go back to that place. After Mina's sentencing, any and all remaining rebels were rounded up, thanks to the intel Marco recovered. The moles in the castle and village were discovered, and the pockets of soldiers caught. They received much lighter charges, most only getting extensive community service. When he asked why, Eclipsa simply answered matching their animosity with our own would only make things grow worse. We must put our best foot forward to be better than they are." Star had insisted on finding the rebel cook so she could force him to eat stale bread instead. Marco had lured her away with a full dinner spread. After he had convinced his parents that he was all right and that everyone was now safe or safe enough for Muni, they went back to Earth with Mariposa. Meteora had wobbled over and given the other infant a hug first inciting a chorus of aws from those watching. Marco had promised to call them regularly to help with their worrying. Eventually, Marco was let out of mandated bed rest. When he got out, Star insisted on taking him out to the village so they could catch up on what they missed while watching Meteora. The village looked, well, amazing. Almost all of the construction had been completed. Shops had thriving business, the hospital seemed to be in order, and the orphanage seemed to be doing well. As the teens walked by, they could see Stefan playing with a group of younger children, both Zoan and Newman. That was truly amazing. At all of these locations, Newman were interacting with the Zoans as if this was a regular occurrence. Well, Marco conceded, he guessed it was now. It had taken over a year, but a lot of the animosity seemed to have died away. As they walked, Marco looked around Star's shoulders. Well, you did it. Mumen and Zoans, living together in peace. Heh, yeah they are. She put an arm around his waist as they walked along. Couldn't have done it without you. Sure you could have. You were one of the first people to convince me that it was even possible with lobster claws. Uh, looking back, that was a nightmare. Heh, maybe. Still, you helped me question how things were done. So thank you. He gave her shoulder a light squeeze. Any time. Anything further was interrupted by the sound of hurried steps their way. They turned to see a messenger, clothed with royal finery. Star quirked a brow. Winslow? What's the matter? He stopped before them. Sare Star, Squire Marco Queen Eclipsa requests your presence. Star rolled her eyes. Ack, can't we get a day off for once? Marco moves his arm down so he could take Star's hand in his. Come on, the sooner we help, the sooner we can relax. True. Let's go. Chapter 39 A New Night Marco was going to burn this ceremonial outfit. Seriously, he had forgotten how many times he's worn it by this point, and every time, it was so incredibly uncomfortable. Did the castle tailor not understand the concept of breathing? What made it worse was that this time, he was the center of attention. Trying not to be obvious, he looked at the crowd gathered in the great hall. It seemed that quite a few people came out for him today. Probably thanks to Star. Or my parents. Both? Both. His parents were in the front with Mariposa, his baby sister taking a nap on his mom's shoulder. He could see Jackie and Tom as well, the two holding hands. Next to Jackie was Jana, he couldn't decide if she was here to be supportive or to steal royal artifacts. Ivjani was there with the buff babies, though they were more like toddlers these days. Hekapu was there as well, likely acting as a representative for the commission. And Star? She stood beside him in her own ceremonial uniform her face adorned with a self-satisfied grin. He tried not to roll his eyes at her expression. Queen Eclipsa? You wanted to see us? Ah, good, you're both here. Come in, come in. Eclipsa was again seated at her desk, organizing some paperwork. Meteora was to the side, playing with some stuffed animals. The toddler saw the two immediately breaking into a toothy smile. Sta. Maru. Hey there, ya little princess. Star scooped up the young heir, eliciting a series of happy giggles. The blonde turned to Eclipsa. So, what's up? Well, a thought occurred to me today, that neither of you have been properly rewarded for your actions of late. Marco and Star gave each other curious looks. What, you mean with Mina? I thought that was the duty of a knight and their squire. She gave them a gentle smile. It is. However, the two of you successfully kept my daughter safe when I was afraid I could not. You found the one responsible for actions against the crown and helped bring her to justice at great personal risk. Marco ghosted a hand over his still tender ribs. As such, I wish to grant the two of you a boon of your choosing. As long as it's within my ability to grant, it will be. Marco thought about it for a moment before shrugging. Sorry, your majesty, but I just can't think of anything. Star also seemed to be deep in thought, even as Meteora started to hit her hands against her bracers. She shook her head. Sorry, got nothing." Eclipse chuckled to herself. The two of you are too modest for your own good. Still, I believe at least one thing must be done. The teens looked at her with confusion. All rise for Queen Eclipsa and King Globger. Manfred's voice carried through the chamber. Everyone did as requested, rising to their feet. Eclipse and Globger proceeded down the aisle, both in their regal finery. Globger looked as uncomfortable as Marco, which made him feel better. They came to the head of the room, turning to the gathered assemblage. Eclipse scanned them all, looking for regal than usual. We, all of us, are citizens of this proud land. It falls to each and every one, from those who wear the crown to those who work the fields, to do our duty for the land, and each other. However, there comes a time when one among our number rises above and beyond such a call, who risks more than any other to do what is necessary. Today, we recognize one such individual." The queen turned to him. Marco Diaz, come and kneel before us. Wait, you want to knight Marco? Why would you want to knight me? Eclipse gave a slight grin. It is customary to award acts of great valor and service to the queendom. I do believe how you protected my daughter, helped rescue your knight, and bring a traitor to justice would count. Marco seemed a bit surprised by the assessment. But I just did what anyone would do in this situation, the right thing to do. Eclipse chuckled a bit at that. I swear, if everyone in all the multiverse thought the same way as the two of you did, we'd have much fewer conflicts to worry about." Star shifted Meteora in her arms. But Marco is my squire. What does it mean if he is fully knighted? Star, there's no need to worry. I know you made him a squire in the first place so you both had an excuse to spend more time together. As a knight, He would be an independent agent, like yourself. You'd be equals in the eyes of the royal court, as well as in Muni Law. Oh. Oh. Star's cheek marks began to have a bit of a blush. Uh. Star, are you feeling okay? Huh? Yep, totally fine, I'm good, thanks for asking Marco. Star shook herself from her reverie. All right, I'm in. Wait, what? Excellent. Why would I want to be a knight?" Eclipsa leaned back in her chair. Marco, the main reason you've been able to move with such freedom in the queendom is because you've been Star's Squire. You have no real position or authority of your own. By becoming a knight, you'd be able to have that freedom of your own accord. The queen cocked her head to the side that, and in a couple years when you both turn eighteen, you'll need work to sustain yourselves. And knights can be paid quite handsomely." Marco weighed the benefits in his mind. Looking at his girlfriend, he saw her giving him a hopeful smile. All right, let's make me a knight. Marco kneeled before the queen, keeping his head down. Marco Ubaldo Diaz, do you pledge your life and strength to the defense of the Butterfly Queendom, to honor and uphold its people at all times, and to give both your wisdom and sit in counsel to those who need it?" I do. She took the wand and tapped him on the shoulders. Then I knight you, Sir Marco rise and greet your people. Marco stood, turning to the crowd, who erupted in cheers. He had to stop from nervously scratching the back of his head but was swiftly swept up by Star, who started to hug him. Deciding to go with it, he hugged her back in turn. The reception was a lovely affair. He was congratulated by his friends and family, his parents especially swaying how proud they were of him. Ivgeni would regale others of tales from when he would lead Ludo's forces against Marco and Marco's strength in battle. Tom started a story of the time he had beaten Marco in ping-pong, but Jackie had managed to curb her boyfriend's story, whispering in his ear. Whatever she said had made the demon prince blush. Marco had a good laugh at that. As the night wore on, Marco found himself alone on one of the balconies looking out over the Butterfly Queendom. His mind began to wander, thinking of what could possibly come next. Thought I'd find you out here." Looking behind him, he saw Star coming onto the balcony. She leaned out, looking over the same sights he had been. Whatcha thinking about? Just where to go from here? I'd suggest bed. It's been a long day. Bed? This coming from the Princess of Partying? Hey, there's a time for clubbing, and a time for snoozing and I'm ready for some snoozing. Heh, all right." The two continue to look out on the sleepy town below them. Hard to imagine how much has changed in just a couple of years. I know. Here I was, thinking I'd be going to Earth as some type of punishment. Turns out, it ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I used to be so withdrawn and cautious about, well, everything until you came around and showed me how exciting life could be." The two leaned into each other, wrapping their hands together. I love you Marco. And I love you Star. They shared a tender kiss before looking out again. The moon is a tender crimson.